back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for allowing me an opportunity to be a part of your life. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we're easy to get a hold of. They're at biblicalprinciples at juno.com. That's all lowercase letters. Biblicalprinciples at juno.com. And I do appreciate all the feedback, any questions, anything like that. I want to I be here to help. One of the reasons I do the podcast is because so many people help me throughout my life, and now I feel like I have some knowledge that I can impart unto this next generation. So if you have your Bible, you can find your place there in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 30, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 30. I want to talk to you today as we kind of go through the Word of God. I'm just going to read some scripture and dabble a little bit in a subject Um, about choices, about choices. And the thing that we need to understand is that every man, woman, boy, or girl was created with a volition. And the word volition very simply means a choice. Adam and Eve in the garden had a choice to do right or wrong. They, They, Eve very simply could have turned and walked away from Satan as he tempted her there that day, but she chose to do wrong. And I have a... This is one of what you call my pet peeves. It um, it almost drives me to the point of insanity when I hear somebody say that the devil deceived them and tripped them up and they fell into a trap of the devil and they, they're out of church and they're out of the will of God. And really what happened was somebody made a choice to walk away from God. They made a choice to do wrong. And um, it really bothers me sometimes as I hear people say that because it makes, it puts doubt in the mind of my wife and my child on whether or not their husband is next. It's almost like the devil is a supreme being who can take advantage of us at his will. And really, if I mess up, if I do wrong, it's because I made a choice to do wrong. And that's what I want to talk to you today a little bit about is that of choices. And as we always say, This will by no means exhaust this subject, but I do hope that it piques your interest in the subject. So as you read the Word of God, you can see that people had a choice to do right or wrong. So there in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 30, I want to begin reading in verse number 16. The Bible says, In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest in to possess it. Verse 17. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but thou shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish, and that ye shall not prolong your days unto the land whither thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. Here in the book of Deuteronomy, we see that God very simply lays a choice before this people of whether they can do right or they can do wrong. And he begs them. He says, therefore, choose life. He wants their heart not to be turned away from him. God's goodness sometimes 
This is a scary thought when you think about it, but sometimes, as it did here with the children of Israel, the goodness of God promoted backsliding in their life. Sometimes after we've been saved a manner of time, we find ourselves indulging in things that we would have never indulged in when we first got saved because we were so young and so clean and so fresh and so desirous to do the will of God. But sometimes His goodness in our life, the blessings of God, instead of taking advantage of them, we begin to let pride creep in and say, I'm the reason that this is accomplished. I'm the one who's done this. And what happens is we make a choice to to go against the will of God, even after He's blessed us here in the children of Israel's life. And I don't have time to be able to um, expound the whole story, but you know that they were in a mess before God delivered them. And God delivered them. And then He had to beg and plead with them to stay right and stay close to Him. When all they really had to do was make the choice to do right, just like we need to do. We need to make a choice to do right. We need to choose life over death. We need to choose blessings over cursing. And it's not just us, but verse 19 closes with this. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. The choices that we make affect our children. And then the book of Joshua, chapter 24, and verse number 14. The book of Joshua, chapter 24, in verse number 14 and 15. The Bible says, Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. Verse 15, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you, there's that choice again, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorite in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Here in the book of Joshua, you see Joshua made a choice to choose to serve the Lord. The Bible says this, Choose you this day whom ye will serve. And in this day and age that we live in, we need to make a choice on whom we're going to serve. We don't need to be half in and half out. We don't need to have one foot in and one foot out. No, you need to just go on, get committed, make the right choice, and serve the Lord. But it's up to us to make the choice. God does not make it for us. We have to choose the path of life. We have to choose the way of the Lord. We have to choose to put God's God first in our life, and we have to choose to do right. And then the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 8, verses 10 through 19. 1 Samuel chapter number 8, we'll begin reading in verse number 10, and we'll read down to verse number 19. The Bible says, And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that ask of him a king. Now here we're going to what we're going to do with this scripture is we're going to make an application. Samuel is doing what? He's relaying the words of the Lord unto the people and the people wanted a king. And what we're going to do is we're going to make an application here of Samuel being the preacher, the people being the congregation and the Lord speaking through the preacher to the congregation. Verse 11. And he said, "This will be the manner of king that shall reign over you." 
He will take your sons and appoint them for himself and for his chariots to be his horsemen, and some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties. And he will set them to ear his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. And he will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyard and give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your sheep and ye shall be his servants. And ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen you. There's that choice again, chosen you. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, nay, but we will have a king over us. Now, of course, here, the children of Israel wanted to be just like all the other nations. And they wanted a king. Up to this point, God had been their king. God had been their leader. God had been the one who had been leading them into battle. And as they crossed the desert and as they worked their way into the will of God, God had been leading them. But the people of Israel got to a point where they wanted, they wanted a king over them. And you know what? A lot of times in our life, God sends a man and he begs and pleads with us to try to get us to make the right choice. And here's the thing. We can make the right choice. We can choose to listen. We can choose to sit there and go, you know, what this preacher is saying makes a lot of sense, and it lines up with the Word of God. God's telling these people, you are going to lose what you have. And when this happens, God said this. He said, and ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Do you know what happens a lot of times? All the time, really, this happens. A man of God gets up and he preaches his heart out and he tries to tell the people to listen to what it is God says. And then you know what? The people go and they do whatever they want to do. And then they turn around and they come back and they say, preacher, I'm sorry I did that. Will you forgive me? And 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 then they pray to God, God, will you forgive me? But you know what the Bible says? And the Lord will not hear you in that day. It doesn't wipe away when you make a wrong choice. You have to live with that for the remainder of your life. And if you're saved in this day and age, and you've got a man of God who preaches to you, and you go against him, and you make the wrong choice, it doesn't just iron out when you get down on your knees and say you're sorry. No, you made the wrong choice, and you disobeyed. And the consequences for that could be greater than we want to pay. And then the book of Nehemiah chapter 9 in verse number 12. Nehemiah chapter 9 in verse number 12. Moreover, thou leadest them in the day by a cloudy pillar and in the night by the pillar of fire to give them light in the way wherein they should go. Thou camest down also upon Mount Sinai and spake with them from heaven and gaveth them right judgments and true laws, good statutes and commandments. And madest known unto them thy holy Sabbath, and commandest them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses, thy servant, 
and gavest them bread from heaven for their hunger and broughtest forth water for them out of the rock for their thirst and promised them that they should go in to possess the land which thou hadst sworn unto them. But they and our fathers dealt proudly and hardened their next and hearkened not to thy commandments and refused to obey. Neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their next and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. Now here in the book of Nehemiah, we've got a, a type here of a people that just basically refused to obey. They saw the miracles of God, but refused to walk in his way. They saw the Red Sea part. They saw manna fall from heaven. They saw the water from the rock and countless other things they saw. No doubt there are things that are not recorded in the word of God that they saw. That was a miracle work in time. But they still, the Bible says in verse number 17, and refused to obey. They would not follow God. They made a choice to go contrary to the things of God, just like we do in this day and age. But look at how God responds here in the book of Nehemiah at the end of verse number 17. Nehemiah says this about God, But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. There's a God in heaven who, even when we make a wrong choice, even when we go the wrong way, he's ready to pardon it doesn't mean that the problem goes away, but he will forgive. He's gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. Now, the God I serve is a God who is very balanced. Now, it is true that we'll see in just a minute that he sometimes laughs when people do wrong. But here in the book of Nehemiah, the Bible says, and forsookest them not. Now, sometimes when we make a wrong choice, we tell God we're sorry. We still have to deal with the consequences of that wrong choice. But if you're saved by the grace of God, always remember that God doesn't forsake you. He might not take the consequences away for the wrong, but he's still there to love and to work with us. And the Bible says that his love is all the way unto the end. And that's one good thing about our God is that even when we make the wrong choices, you can reference back to the first wrong choice of Eve. Yeah, they got thrown out of the garden. Yeah, they had to wear coats of animal skins. But God still was willing to help them and was willing to forgive them and made a way that they could get their sin covered. But even though the sins are forgiven, it doesn't mean that they're gone. Let's go quickly to the book of Proverbs chapter 1. We'll begin reading in verse number 23. Proverbs chapter 1 in verse number 23. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you and will make known my words unto you. Now this here is dealing contextually with the lost man. And here is God sitting here going, you've done wrong. You're a sinner. Turn you at my reproof. He's saying, Behold, I will pour out my Spirit unto you. He'll give you the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. 
I will make known my words unto you. The word of God's been preached unto you. Verse number 24, because I have called and you refused. But you know what that person did? They refused. They refused to listen to God. They chose their own way. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. God laid his hand out and tried to get them some help, but they made a choice not to listen to him. Verse 25, but ye have said it not all my counsels and would none of my reproof. Here God says, you took everything that I said and you put it aside. You took all my counsels and you said, I don't need that. And you chose none of his reproofs. You didn't even decide to do one of the things God asked you to do. They basically made a choice to reject God. And here's what God said he would do. Verse 26, I also will laugh at your calamities. I will mock when your fear cometh, when the thing you fear comes upon you. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me. Now here this lost person is all of a sudden realized, hey, I'm in a mess. I need help. God, will you, will you help me? God, will you work in my life? God, I heard the preaching. God, I've, I've heard the Bible. God, you've reached out your hand. God, you've dealt with me about being a sinner, and I chose not to get saved. Verse 26, I will also laugh at your calamities. Verse 28, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. That's God saying he's not going to answer them. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. They're getting up early seeking God, and they're not able to find him. Verse 29, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Verse 30, they would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Here's an interesting story that 99.9% .9 of the preachers that are in the country today would by no means present but the Bible is very clear in the fact that this person had an opportunity to get right with God. This person heard the preaching. This person knew they were a sinner. This person was reproved of God. This person had the God of heaven lay his hand out and desire them to come with him, and they rejected him. They hated knowledge, is what the Bible said. They did not choose, there's that choice, the fear of the Lord. They would, none of my counsels, wouldn't even do one of the things God did God asked them, and they despised all my reproof. They made fun of it. Verse 31, therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own ways and be filled with their own devices. You say God is basically rejecting this person? This person is screaming out to God, asking him for mercy, and he's rejecting them? That's what the Bible says, because this is what mankind thinks. He thinks he can live any way he wants to live. And then as he gets down to the end of his life or he gets in a mess, he can just call out to God and God's going to run in like a fireman and save him out of the burning building. And God doesn't work like that. God deals with us on his terms. God in his mercy reaches out to us to try to help us with our problems. But if we reject that as a lost man, the cost for that could be greater than we want to bear. And then the book of Isaiah chapter 1 and verses 18 and 19. Isaiah chapter 1 and verses 18 and 19. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your skin, sins be as scarlet, 
They shall be white as snow, though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, there's the choice, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Choices are all through the Bible. Here God said, if you'll come and reason together, he said he'll forgive your sins. If you be willing and obedient, he said he'll bless you. But if you refuse and rebel, it's going to cost you your life. Now, that might not be talking about a physical life, but it could be the cost of your eternal salvation that you reject the benefit that God has given you and the opportunity God has given you to come to him. And then the book of Isaiah, chapter 28 and verse number 12. We got a few verses here in Isaiah. Isaiah 28, verse number 12. To whom he saith, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. God offered them an opportunity to be refreshed. But do you know what they did? They made a choice not to hear it. That's a sad state to be in. If you're listening to this podcast and God is being kind to you, God is letting you as a lost person hear the word of God, don't reject his hand as he stretches out to you because he wants to refresh you. But if you won't hear, he might reject you. And then the book of Isaiah chapter 30 and verse number 15, Isaiah 30 verse number 15, for thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. And ye would not. Here we see another choice. They made a choice not to return to God, not to have confidence, not to have rest, not to be saved in quietness. The Bible says that they very simply decided that they would not follow the word of God. And then the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 7, in verse 25. A lot of scripture here. I'm just trying to read it. The foundation is, is broad and deep. And this is not, a, this is not just a one-mention principle in the Bible. This is throughout the whole Bible. You'll see where people made wrong and they made right choices. Jeremiah, chapter 7, in verse number 25. Since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt unto this day, I have even sent unto you all my servants and prophets daily rising up early and sending them. Yet they hearken not unto me, nor incline their ear, but harden their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Here we've got an interesting, here we've got an interesting story. The Bible's very clear that their fathers didn't see what they saw. And what they saw, they didn't listen to. And they made a choice to do wrong. And they did even worse than their fathers did. Why? Because sin complicates everything. And always remember this, that God's not mocked when it comes to sin. When God says there's consequences for sin, those consequences will be paid. Can sins be forgiven? Absolutely they can be forgiven. God is a merciful, kind, compassionate, long-suffering God. But don't think that after you've heard the word of God and God stretched out his hand and you rejected it, that the penalty for that won't be to go even deeper into the despairs of sin. 
And then let's go over to the New Testament for our last two verses. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 37. The book of Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 37. Here Jesus is sitting on a hill outside of Jerusalem. And he's basically, his heart is broken over the condition of the city. The fact that he came and preached and he came and presented the Messiah to them and they rejected it. And this is what he says. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how oft would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. They made a choice that the Son of God they would reject. They made a choice that the Son of God they would not come to. They made a choice that the Son of God, despite all His miracles and all the prophecies He fulfilled, they chose not to follow God. It's a sad state to be in. Why would somebody reject such an opportunity? Why would somebody reject such an offer? It's very simply this. We're not robots. God gave us a volition. God gave us a choice. Those choices come with consequences or blessings. But there's a God in heaven who, because he loves you, he just wants you to love him freely, to come to him. But if you don't come, if you don't make the right choice, realize that you're breaking the heart of God when you do contrary to the way of God. And then the book of John chapter 5 and verse number 39 the book of John, chapter 5, and verse number 39 and 40. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me, that ye might have life. They made a choice. They were religious. They knew the scriptures. Jesus told them this. He said, search the scriptures. He said, you've looked through the scriptures. And they thought they had eternal life very simply by just being religious. And the whole time, the religion was giving them an opportunity to see Christ. But once they saw him, they wouldn't come to him. They made a choice to do contrary to the way of God. Now as we close, let's all just look at our lives and examine them. Number one, did we make a choice to be saved? That is the greatest decision any man, woman, boy, or girl will ever make. But when that opportunity arises, the choice you make with that opportunity can affect the rest of your life. Now, if you chose to be saved and Christ saved your soul, are you making a choice daily to follow Him? In his way, we've got a completed copy of the Word of God that gives us every answer to every question every ask, ever asked by any man, woman, boy, or girl. We need to make a choice to read it. We need to make a choice to follow it. We need to make a choice to live it so that those around us can see the choices we make and the benefits we receive from making those choices, and they can make a choice to follow the same God that we serve and love on a daily basis.